welcome to episode 26 of Dads on the Fly, part three of our God series. We've got something super in store for you all today as we have another interview with a local God and uh, a guy we met on the river. And so we're excited to let you hear a little bit of his story. Yeah, guys, just uh, always remember, you never know who you might meet on the river. And uh, we've had, we've done an etiquette episode, just being nice to people and hanging out with other fly anglers. And I think throughout this podcast, that's kind of been the coolest thing, Caleb, for me, is how many people we've met, like, via social media. Yeah, and the cool thing is, through this God series that I've loved, is how much I personally have already learned. Um, you know, we've we've recorded a lot of our conversations and put them on the pod, but we've had conversations with gods, you know, before and after we hit record, and some of the information that I've just learned and taken in from it all has been super helpful already. I'm going to be putting it to put putting it to you soon. For sure, man. It's just been really awesome. These these people are out there to help us, um, and they're out there to help you if you're listening and you're a fly angler. And um, you know, and today we got one that's a dad, so that's pretty cool too. And uh, this is going to be a fun episode. We hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll recap it there at the end. Yeah, sounds good. So let's dive on into our conversation with Mister Doug McKelvey of Mountain Fly Anglers. on the fly tonight with uh my brother caleb how you doing tonight caleb i'm great man just uh fired up ready to do this pod and uh ready to go do some fishing this weekend uh, okay. and you got to work so you have fun going without you it's gonna be great yeah not not without you but just yeah. great to be on the water so tonight we got part three of the god series and we we met this local guide floating down the river yeah we the first time we took our boat out first time we took our boat out we come floating by not having a clue what in the world we're doing <laughs> watching all the guides watching, trying to figure yeah, out what to trying do. to follow all the guides on their big drift boats and uh we are uh, rolling down the river and we pass this guy with a i don't know how old this little girl was but two years old two years old okay yeah in a pink life jacket just having the time of her life catching some fish catches some trout and i was like we got to meet this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so tonight we have on the pod mr mr doug mckelvey with mountain fly anglers in Asheville, north carolina doug thanks for joining us tonight man absolutely it's a pleasure i appreciate y'all keeping up with me and getting me on board yeah man dude we're happy to have you uh well first of all is that your daughter your only child? I have a five-year-old boy and a two-year-old daughter. Okay, she, so you're, you're a definite dad on the fly because that keeps you busy. <laughs> it does, man. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so you got you got have a guide service out of Asheville, correct? That's right. And um, do you do most of your fishing all Western North Carolina? I assume. I do East Tennessee and Western Carolina. Okay, East Tennessee, Western Carolina. Uh, we talked to a guy, uh, our last episode was with a fly guide from uh, from Boone, so he does some of that same stuff. He hits the East Tennessee Rivers as well. Uh, and so, I guess, tell us, you know, man, you kind of told us this before when we were kind of prepping for this, but our listeners, just how'd you get into fly fishing? Um, man, just part of it was being around my granddad as a kid. He'd whip that thing out. He liked to do it for crappie and brim and bass and 
uh, I thought he was the coolest thing ever. So I just, you know, want to be like granddad. And then as, you know, you progress and being from Alabama, where I'm originally from, grow up fishing and find ways, new ways to fish. And so I started picking up. What part of Alabama? Tuscaloosa, roll tide. Go Tigers, right? Go Tigers. Tuscaloosa, roll tide. You know, our uh, our mom kind of grew up all over Alabama. We have some relatives up in North Alabama, Boaz, you know where that is. So, yeah. Yeah, so we, we have a little Alabama roots there. We're, we kind of want to eventually get down to North Alabama. We've heard there's some good smallie water down there. I guess you might know a little bit about that. You got the Sipsy. That's great. There's some trout in the tail in the in the right below the dam there, and then Sipsy, little river canyons full of every man, smallmouth, rock bass. You can catch them down there. It's a lot sounds of fun. Like, sounds like we may be calling you next time we head that way. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you do uh most of your your fishing, uh you're mainly uh guide trips on float trips. Is that is that guy what you guys specialize in? I mean, we do we do a lot of wades too. Um, I've got now eight guys that are working with me, helping me out. We we probably did over four hundred trips last year. Awesome. Uh, between wades and floats, um, I I do wades all the time. Now, do you I guide did, as much as you you guide a lot yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, as much as I can, and keep two kids <laughs> <laughs> you there that's awesome man so uh so you're from alabama what got you to western north carolina fishing and music nice and right, so we're gonna go you, you brought up music so I might as well go down that route right now and give, give us the band name red clay revival red clay revival i gotta tell you guys uh listen to your newest single a little while ago and it is uh it is officially on the uh driving to the river playlist now. I like it. A new single called Gold. Yeah, where can we find that music for our listeners? We find it on Spotify, iTunes, uh, wherever you get your music, right? Wherever. Yep. It's awesome, man. It's an awesome song. It's, uh featured on expertflyfishing.com. They did a right a little feature on it too. Oh, that's <laughs> cool expertflyfishermagazine.com it was like wasn't printed in their magazine but they did a write up a couple other folks it was cool that is cool man it's, Sweet, uh, it's cool music I, I dig it how long have you been playing music my mom was a professional opera singer and oh, wow. we were forced he's a virgin all interesting man of the world here right? he's got, got a granddad fly fishing the mom opera singer now he lives in little Leicester, North Carolina. Right I like it. Leicester. Leicester. There you go. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. Just right over the mountain. Uh, so your float trips. Um, first of all, we want to make sure everybody knows you can find you. Um, tell, tell it to us again. You got a website, right? Mountainflyanglers.com. Mountainflyanglers.com. And uh, float trips. That's how we met you. It's a cool story. Like we said, we just kind of chilling on the river. I will never forget we got out of the river that night. <laughs> really folks first time we had put the boat we did a podcast on this uh and uh <laughs> we got out and he asked us i think hey did you guys catch all these fish that were laying in this one hole you remember that and i was like dude we were just happy to make it to the landing <laughs> we were just about surviving <laughs> that day 
It was not as much catching fish as it was just uh, and, making yeah. sure we didn't drown. And Doug made the greatest comment. He said, that was your guys' first float trip? And I was like, yeah, we're, we're newbies. And he's like, well, you're not soaking wet. You succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, man. So Y'all look like... A, uh, yeah, he gave us a big confidence booster right there. Yeah, we had, I, we had a good... Say what now? Somebody forgot the anchor or something. No, our, our anchor, no, we did not forget it. Our anchor was back ordered. That's we it. didn't That's have anchor. It wasn't we were unanchored that day. That was not on us. We forgot the anchor the next <laughs> yeah. We, we went on anchor. a trip a few days later and then we forgot the anchor. Yeah. That's what happened. But this Sorry. time it was on back order. It wasn't our fault. Nothing so, hurts 20, 30 pound dumbbells in the car just in case. That's <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> Keep them handy Keep just every now and then. Dumbbells. So uh uh you mainly focus on trout? pretty much all year round a lot of focus on trout simply because that's what people want to do when they come up here um that's kind of just the the stick you know um but me personally i love the musky fish i really love bass fishing uh you know grew up that way and then the french brawl that's that's one of the best fisheries we have in the country so do you think it's a underappreciated man or do you feel like it gets the credit deserved? I don't know. We have, we've not fished it. It's our goal this summer to really hit the French Broad a lot now that we got the boat. So You should. Um, I think it depends on who you ask. There's 32, 33 different species of fish in there. There's a completely unique species of freshwater clam that are in that river. Um, there's river otters in that river. If you want to tell me that river's dirty, <laughs> I won't go swim in that Ohio River or something, you know I mean? <laughs> That's a good point. There's no way it can support all that life, not to mention it's the, one of the longest undammed rivers in the country. Um, one of the only ones that flows north, and according to um, carbon dating, it's the second or third oldest in the river. Yeah, yeah we've read that. I think it's, it's probably one of the most unique and uh, diverse watersheds in the country. Uh, as far as where I've lived, I mean, the Black Warrior River that runs through Tuscaloosa has got plenty of nice large mouth in it. But there's something to be said about having that river here in our backyard. So can it's, you talk a little bit about how to um, to fish that river? I'm not giving away specific spots, entry points, stuff like that, but just kind of how you how you guys like to fish it. Do y'all strip a lot of streamers in the spring and summer, or does it vary? Uh, I mean, it depends. Uh, I love. I mean, I have nothing against conventional tackle either. Um, okay. I think you know the whole point of fishing is to be outside and to be communicating and to be, you know, having fellowship with God and your friends, and that's the whole deal, man. So whatever gets you out there and gets you closer to nature, therefore, is fine with me. I think probably the best way to fish that river. So the, you know, everybody says you can't fish it when it's muddy, but I'll tell you that that river's muddy almost all year long. So those fish don't not eat. Yeah. So, um, I love throwing that chartreuse and white streamer in there. I think that's a go-to for any bass. And then a lot of know, somebody probably get mad at me for saying this, but like the the four ounce. Uh, rooster tail with the yellow and red the red tail yeah number one you can go out there and catch a hundred fish <laughs> that's good <enough. laughs> I mean, that's four times man 
So, uh, and then big plugs when it's muddy, when that water gets big, like I said, those fish still eat. You know, there's a big common misconception that they're visual eaters and they can't see it. Well, if they can see so good, they can see in the mud. Yeah. yeah. Do you, so. uh, just as newbie, we'll just take a little moment here and get this because we're going to be newbie, as newber, what do we call ourselves? New oarsmen? Yeah. So what our new word, like. Uh, Norseman. Oarsman, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the, on the oars. Uh, do you, we've kind of heard, we've been kind of doing a lot of research stuff. We haven't really talked to anybody too much that actually floats a lot. Pretty, pretty easy floatable in most spots, correct? On the French Broad? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, great to get in trouble. Great to learn. Great to go put a boat in. If you got a raft or something, you can put it in at Hominy Creek and take out right there at the wedge. And that's a great, that's a great float if you do it on if you get out there in the morning before all the tubers do, you know. <laughs> that tube hatch is hard to match sometimes, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> rubber hatch. Still rubber hatch. <laughs> gotcha. So uh so you guys do some trips on that water as well? If people yeah. request it. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes I'll suggest it. Okay, cool. I mean, it's hard to beat a hundred fish day. Yeah. For sure. So, They'll eat it, man. That river, and you know, you hear, especially if it gets clear, it's, they can't hide from you. Mm, gotcha. Now, so, you personally, is that your favorite river to fish? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on what's happening. I really love fishing over in East Tennessee. Um, I love tough. We'll talk on South Holston. You fished where you East Tennessee? Yeah, I was just my little girl tore my wallet apart the other night. Well, we got this. This thing is probably one of the most prized possessions I have. That's the East Tennessee guide license. They're very proud of. <laughs> yeah, they like it. <laughs> They're real. That's an expensive piece of plastic. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, that's cool. Um, so you personally fishing? You said you caught some muskie on the French Broad before. I've caught three muskie in my entire muskie fishing career. <laughs> so that's all we hear. It's, you know, they say it's a fish of a thousand casts for a reason. 10,000, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to put your work in. I yeah. think I went, I think I went five years before I caught one. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You, uh, you catch it there in the muskie mile? Uh, I've caught. One in the Muskie Mile, and then three in prox, and then the other two in proximity. And I've caught a couple of the juveniles, but we don't count those. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, it's man, it's 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 absolutely one of the crazy. I mean, when you fish those big game fish like that, you have some crazy eats and some crazy experiences, and that's why you do it. You know, yeah, you go out there to just wear them out because that's not what's going to happen. So I heard somebody say uh, the fish that I like to fish for are the fish I can't fit, the ones I can't catch. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 It's uh, a little more. In. You got, you got stories to tell about those three fish. I'm sure. Oh man. Yeah. I was just down in Florida too and caught a cobia on top water. Wow. Uh, I, bet that was, uh, I bet that was awesome. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. So on a uh, what? A, gotcha. What, what kind of got you into um, you know, opening up your own own God service, man? 
I think Man, you said it's been around like five years, I think you said. Yeah, going on fire. Yeah, the fifth year here. Um, I worked for Hunter Banks and then kind of wanted to try to work a little bit more. They have several guys working there. And uh, so I started branching out, working for some of the other companies. Um, and then I had a buddy who works for me now who was just like, man, you, you know, you could probably just open your own service. You've got, I had a pretty good log built and had done, had been working in the industry for a while at that point. And not that anybody knew who I was or that they do now, which, you know, they don't, but I had some folks wanting to fish with me and my buddy helped me out with it. And I just took the step to do it and it ended up being a great, great move. I don't have to drive off down to pick up waders anymore. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to fish with a musician North or Alabama football? I mean, you know, like you got Tuscaloosa guitar player, mom, opera singer. Yeah. I mean, have to edit the Tuscaloosa part out of this, but, uh, yeah. it's okay. Man. <laughs> I'm okay with the Tuscaloosa. Don't forget about where your, your reigning leader came from either. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. I'm aware. He tr- trust me when I was there, he never let us never let us forget. <laughs> I probably heard so many Gene Stalling stories from Coach Sweeney that uh, <laughs> I can't I can't quote I can quote them all. So uh, oh, yeah. we heard a lot about Alabama football for sure. So Girl. what's your uh, favorite time of year, man? To guide the the trout waters that you fish, do you have a preference or do you? I mean, I know it, uh, we, we kind of like it all, but we kind of always like to ask that question. Well, I mean, same thing. It's just a different time and a different different thing happening. Um, I love the summer terrestrials on in East Tennessee. I mean, that's some of the most exciting uh, exciting things you can fish with is a, a bug that's got a bunch of legs and sits on top of the water because those fish get excited to eat it when they want to. Um, so I, I like that. Um, you know, some of these small streams up here, we have, you know, we have some cool sulfur hatches in some of these little rivers, uh, especially in that uh, pigeon watershed. Um, the blue wings up here are great all winter long. So I'll, <clears throat> I'd say it just depends. I mean, I I love fishing. I like nymphing. So it's, that's a great way to teach somebody how to fly fish and to get good numbers. I, I would say it just, you know, I'm I'm kind of a go with the flow kind of guy. I like it all. I think you come across that way. We've kind of learned that in the 20 minutes we've been <laughs> able to talk to you here. So, how cool is it to take a two year old girl on a raft all day long? I mean, it looked like you were having fun, but I mean, <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're asking because we're looking at doing this in the future, <laughs> and so we want to know the do's and don'ts. <laughs> And the number one do is Cheetos and M&M's. <laughs> okay. I like it. That's a great uh, dad tip right there. There you go. Sour <laughs> Patch Kids when it gets real hard. <laughs> okay. I like it. Um, It's fun, man. You're sharing something. It's more about, I guess at this age, they're not going to really take much from it, except they'll know that they're hanging out with dad and, something he likes to do little girls are different than little boys from what i can tell my little girl just my little boy already at five is already kind of like eh. 
the little girls, man, they they love their daddy. So she's just happy to be there. It's fun, man. I, you'll do great. Yeah, I mean, you look like you had a cool day. Hey guys, it's Joshua from Dads on the Fly. Just wanted to take a minute to tell you that we uh, appreciate all the support. And one thing we'd like for more and more of our listeners to do is reach out to us with either episode ideas or just uh, feedback about the episodes. So we have an email now, uh, dadsonthefly at gmail.com. You can send us an email or always just message us social media, Facebook and Instagram. We love interacting with different people. We have met a lot of cool people from really all across the country already um, that are other fly anglers and dads and so that's cool for us so don't forget about that check us out on social media instagram facebook and uh shoot us an email dads on the fly at gmail.com uh and let's get back to our episode with our buddy doug so how many uh between fishing and music man how much do y'all do a lot of shows i mean it's the band pretty active or do you i mean it seems like you got a lot going on man it is wild um we don't do a ton of shows like we're not like a full-time touring band by any means um we used to probably play a hundred shows a year and then i had my little boy and really cut it back and honestly the i really tried been trying to focus on the quality of of the product that I'm putting out instead of just trying to grind. Uh, so we've been focusing on more recording and, and playing higher end shows instead of just running around playing bars. I don't have it in me. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I've Kids probably got, <laughs> I got 200 days out of the year and then we probably play 40 to 50 shows a year. Wow, man. That's a, still busy. That's not many days for you there. So I get mine in. <laughs> Usually, unfortunately, it's sitting in front of this little metal hook. Or <laughs> yeah, you tie you tie a lot of your own stuff for all your guy trips. I'm sure. Just about all of it. Yeah. I mean, if I can, if I can find a cheap fly that I know will work, I'll probably buy a bunch of them. <laughs> gotcha. But you tie a lot. I tie a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, I, I really don't fish a whole lot of things. Really? I think. Okay, if, that's a cool topic. If you a lot of guys, um. You know, there's there's mayflies in every river in the world. Mm-hmm. There's stoneflies and there's caddisflies. So you won't catch much other than that, you know? Yeah, I heard a podcast the other day I was listening to about fishing. I think these guys were out west, and they were talking about, hey, hey, minim- minimize your – you don't need to take 100 different flies with you. Usually, if you'll trust one fly – and just fish it hard, or if you know that these three bugs or uh, four bugs, say what? Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, if those three bugs are there, like you're saying, or, I mean, you know, we're, we're newbie bass fishermen, very newbie. We're learning. We're going to learn. But if you know that, I mean, and on that, they were even talking about, hey, man, you can't ever go wrong with a woolly bugger in that river they were talking about. And it's like, it'll work. So why try to make it more complicated? You don't have to. Um, I mean, you go into a local fly shop and ask them what they're biting on them. They'll sell you. $100 worth of flies. Not to discredit any fly shops. They probably work for them, you know? Yeah. It's, it is, it's a lot about what you have confidence in. Mm. Um, and then simple patterns, man. I tie a lot of really simple stuff. Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> four flies on a four legs on a girdle butt bug. When trout starts when, <laughs> when trout starts counting legs, we're in trouble. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good one. What right. uh do you got a personal best uh fish you might tell us about or not like a trout, maybe? I mean, or is that in North Carolina or East Tennessee? Man. Oh, there's just so many good experiences. Uh, I think probably my most favorite fish that I ever caught was when I was a little bitty kid. I was my my dad's best friend. We called him Uncle Woody. Has real nice piece of property out in Utah, Alabama, which you'll hear a song about that pretty yeah, soon. That sounds pretty cool. I like it. it. I'm in the process of recording it. Um, he died a couple of years ago, but one time he would get irritated with me. As you can imagine, as a kid, I was probably a lot to handle. So, but he loved me. He'd come pick me up at my parents' house. Like We'd go fish for a week. He'd take me out there. We'd deer hunt and fish, you know? That's awesome. And uh, go get a Dairy Queen blizzard or something. <laughs> I like it. I made a cast one time, and it was a crappy cast. And I landed it like two feet off the bank. He's like, you ain't going to catch no fish right there. I was like, obviously, I knew that, you know. <laughs> and I went to pick it up, and I caught like a five-pound bass. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that that may be my favorite fish that I ever caught, just because I was like, told you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, showing up, Uncle Woody. I like it. Um, Not even. He would. Uh, he was mad. We'd, he'd, he'd paddle me around on the John boat and be like, you throwing under that log right there. He's like, throw another one. You'll catch another one. And we're like four or five fish. He's like, all right, that's it. He's like, one more. He's like, they're all gone. He caught them all. <laughs> you think that had, uh, we always talk about this on the pod a lot, like people who had influence on us, getting us into fishing. And we talk about our dad. And you think that, you know, that kind of made what led you to guiding just those experiences with people like that in your life? Maybe so. I think the guiding thing, man, just ended up happening. I never at once was I ever as a kid or even as a young adult thinking I was going to be a fly fishing guide. Um, I knew some of the guys at Hunter Banks and they knew I was playing music all the time. So they were like, hey, you know, you, you pretty much have your days wide open. Why don't you do some guiding? So I started doing I mean, I've always loved taking people fishing, and probably that has a lot to do with it. You're right. Like, just talk to you. Your personality yeah. is you want to hang out with people, and I think it probably makes you. I, I could, I could guarantee you, in the thirty minutes we've been doing this, this man would be fun to be on the water with. That's well. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. So it, it would be a fun day in my opinion. <laughs> you ever take your guitar on the drift boat, serenade serenade your. Uh... <laughs> A little weird. <laughs> and, you know, I, I play guitar too, man. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was, Cu- a couple, couple of Martins sitting at the house. You know, I like to jam out on every now and then. So. There you go. I'm just not being from here. I, I would, I can't really play the bluegrass stuff, but I, I do like to pick a little country every now and then. Man, thing, so. I love bluegrass. My dad loved bluegrass. And- I always want to play bluegrass. Being from Alabama, all you can play is the blues. <laughs> and I could not put it together for the longest time. And then 
at some point it clicked and boy all all you'd ever i mean i boom shangalang that guitar to death so i understand you'll get it if you want to it's if just I that have, if i have the, the time little switch man it hits you're like oh i get it now that's funny that's cool. like that thing almost that's cool well, man, you uh, you gave us some good insight about like taking our kids fishing uh, on the boat. I'm um, always packing the snacks, making sure you know it's all about just uh, it's more about time spent together than it is about trying to catch a lot of fish. But for Absolutely. two guys that are figuring it out on the boat right now, you know, we got us a new new raft that we've taken out a few times. I'm hoping to take it out again this weekend with a with a friend that's coming up. And um, so what 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 are the biggest mistakes you see people make? floating down the river so that we don't make them again um oh man don't make me do this so (laughs) i guess number one just to keep for your safety is to follow those v's find the places that are the deepest um i see a lot of guys coming out there and even guys that are charging people money to take them fishing getting stuck on fairly large ledges mm. yeah, we'll uh, that. so just you know make sure to look at your water make sure and read the water if you're not familiar with it uh look at the flow the flow chart uh duke energy common to some people say that they change it up all the time they're usually pretty good about getting it posted yeah. you, uh, would you mind giving us this information when she you, you said that you're talking about flow like Sure. Is there a point where it gets well, – obviously, this weekend was one of them. Like, you got a level you kind of like – it's like me and Kayla, we would call fly shops and say, hey, is a level too high, is a level too low? Like, where does that kind of – you know, we have a lot of listeners. I've even seen it ask on some on some Facebook pages stuff, hey, what's the level that's just not safe, you know, or what's the level that is okay? And that it's probably going to depend on the river, I'm sure. But, like, for the tuck, it, like, it, for the tuck. For the tuck um, – Anything over 2,000 is probably a little much. Um, you get that 2,000 flow when they've got both sides on full tilt, which it is still fishable at 2,000. It is a lot of those big features and stuff get washed out at that point. So you don't really have to worry about like getting stuck on anything or flipping necessarily. It's kind of pretty simple, pretty simple stuff. Um, and then anything, if there's less than 190 CFS in that river, you're going to struggle in some spots. Um, but other than that, I mean, anything over 2,000, anywhere around four grand, you're definitely not going to get on it. Uh, oh, I agree. You can catch those fish though in in the mud. Yeah. I'm a big believer that like, I'm not going to necessarily take my clients out there in flood level unless they really want to go, which if there's a flash flood from the national weather association, then I legally can't take them for my insurance. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I would stay, you know, my favorite flow on the tuck is probably 900. It's a great flow depending on, what the water clarity is like if there's been a lot of rain, but um, even then you got to know where they're at. If you know exactly where those fish are at, you can 
keep banging them in the head until they eat it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I got you off topic. So you were telling us, uh, you know, CRVs, I know just in our little experience, we, we took it slow. We didn't get in a hurry. We, you know, we try to try to be cautious before we worry about fishing and that's helped us with our, with our kind of beginner just on the boat. Anything else? Um, if you, you know, there's definitely the whole courtesy thing. Somebody's fishing off one side of their boat. Don't row right in front of them. <laughs> uh, so if somebody, if you're looking downstream and somebody's fishing off the right, go around the boat to the left. And, uh, on the front fishing to the right and the guy off the back fish to the left. So you just ask the anchor guy, down. <laughs> just, no, just as you approach, just ask them if they have a preference. Gotcha. Um, and then blow on through and then don't drop your anchor 20 feet below their boat. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try to do that. Last time we were on the Bryson city portion of the tuck, it was a little crowded. Yeah. And we, we, me and him were kind of talking about, Hey, you know, we know how to handle like when we're waiting, how to etiquette. We did a whole episode on that. Just waiting <laughs> etiquette. Don't walk up on top of people. We were kind of learning on a boat though. To be honest with you, like, Hey, you know, let's get a good ways away from them if we can. That river was pretty big in that section. We had a pretty good way to go around. And then we got a good ways down from them and, and anchored. You know, we felt like what was – I feel like that was what we did was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I feel like we got away from good. So. Yeah, I mean, it's all situational. And you've got guys that will get upset. I like to – I know just – I know a lot of the guys out there, I'll mess with them, you know, they all – low hole in or high hole in or if you're wading you're high hole in somebody if you're floating you're low hole in yeah, somebody yeah so same deal you know skip a skip a couple runs and whatever man we're, we're all out there to have fun that should be the the number one what i love about being over in the the southeast garden is that everybody has still kind of that southern hospitality flavor about them instead of if you go out west and do a float trip, those guys are cutthroat, man. Mm. Really no secrets here. <laughs> I like it. At least among the guys. I mean, you ask me what I'm fishing with, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've – we've so you're part three of this God series we've been doing, and uh, so we've been interviewing a bunch of different gods and um, people in the industry, and we kind of seem to find that pretty consistent. I mean – you guys are a wealth of knowledge and we want to encourage people to yeah man use you man yeah. i mean talk to gods give them phone calls like that's what they're there for so absolutely call me whatever i might be like i'm on a boat right now Quirmy, <laughs> <laughs> <Like> wormy <laughs> <laughs> can't beat it can't beat it now so let me ask y'all a question have y'all picked a favorite fly a favorite fly? I don't know if I have. So I've, we, he's been tying for like six weeks. No, no. Let's be careful here. I have tied. I've had my vice for six weeks. Hey, but one thing we got to do on this episode, we got to celebrate something. I did. I don't know. You caught was, your first fish on a fly you tied last week. I did. That's a big thing. I wouldn't call it. Deal. If it wasn't a wild fish or not necessarily what I, I anyway. You weren't too excited about it. I wasn't pumped it. because of the fish, fish that it was. But, yes, it did eat my fly, and it, <laughs> I did catch it. So There you I've go. Tying, I've been tying for like six weeks, and uh, but really only like three weeks because I've had the vice for six weeks in life and school. And I just got done with my basketball season. So, um 
that I coach at the local middle school here and I teach. I don't know if Caleb told you that earlier when I, I was a little late, but I teach, he preaches, we're the combo. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I mean I I love if I had to go like that's an interesting that's a cool question. I like this. He's asking us questions. It's good. My favorite dry fly before this summer would have been just a stimulator in the park because we love to go to the park. But man, I got on that ant bite this year and really loved that black ant. That was fun. Those terrestrials is cool. That was fun. There you go. And I'm a sucker for a greeny weenie when I'm in a blue line. Oh, the greeny weenies. Oh, buddy. They love that inchworm. Talk about that simple fly. That's one I can tie too. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He tied it. He tied it. I got some ideas for you. We'll go fishing. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that sounds great. Me, like, so, I mean, I think about favorite flies. Like, I probably have favorite flies to tie. I don't know if I have favorite flies that I like to fish yet. Yeah, he does. He's creating his own. He's lying because he created one we caught like ten fish on one day up on a wild that's blue true. line. That's true. That's my thing. So, he was pretty yeah, cocky about that. I do one. like. I do like here. catching flies, catching fish on flies that I've. I can't say I've created them, but I've like made my own variations on them. You tie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he's six weeks in, but you've been doing it for a little while. I've been doing it for about three years. There you go. Yeah. What is this? What's it a variation of? So uh, one of them is just a variation of a print stamp that I throw some purple rubber legs on. <laughs> just call it call it the purple people eater, and uh, caught a lot of uh, caught a lot of fish on the tuck with that. And then um, that fish we used that one day. And I mean that uh, fly that. And we then were one up. day we went. I mean, can we tell the story of where we went? Or that's I don't really a, care. I mean, I, we've been over this water. spot burning episode, right? We've that's already true. done this. And this thing is that this creek's pretty dang big. We were on a portion of Courthouse Creek. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, we were on a section of Courthouse Creek, which is up off the parkway, um, just on the other side of Haywood County and the, what county is that? On Transylvania. Yeah, Transylvania County. He and, hadn't figured uh, it out. I'm the map reader. He just drives. Yeah, I just get us there. So he tells me where to go. And um, so we, I tied up a little bug with... Uh, uh, with a little yellow CDC collar around it. And man, he didn't tie I, enough of them. I didn't tie enough because we caught probably 20 fish on that fly. And so, uh, our since, it, since it was Courthouse Creek, we named that one the prosecutor. So, uh, so that's, <laughs> what, that's, what, that's where we're going. There's uh, the neck. <laughs> what's that? That's great, man. I said yeah, the counselor man. can be. Yeah, that's, it. <laughs> that's it. We need it. Uh, um, my pheasant tail. Yeah, I love to tie pheasant tails. So a lot of fun. Not to tie. Number one, if I feel like if if I could only fish one fly for the rest of my life, it'd be pheasant tail and variations thereof. Yeah. So. That's cool, man. Well, dude, we don't want to keep this for too much longer because uh, we know your dad and like us, you got your life and family going, man. But um, it's been a really cool episode, and uh, we appreciate fun. it, man. This has been a lot of fun. And um, anything else before we kind of wrap this up, Joshua? I just want to tell people to check out Mountain Fly Anglers. Yeah, check out Mountain Fly Anglers. And, uh, Go see Doug and um, give our man Doug a call. He's obviously pretty cool if he'll meet us for twenty <laughs> seconds on the river and come hang out with us on the podcast. Yeah, so that makes him a pretty cool, dude, right there. That was fun. Thank yeah, you guys. Man, and so- then go check out your uh, go check out the band too. Yeah, Red Clay Revival. 
Red Clay Revival. Well, yeah, man. Go check them out on Spotify. And um, Doug, if it's cool with you, we are going to wrap this episode by playing gold. Sweet. People listen to it on the to to close out the podcast tonight. Let's go. All and right, we'll man. be in touch uh, when we get ready to start going after some French broadfish this summer. Yeah, we'll be chatting for sure. We're planning. We're planning maybe a two night camping trip floating the french broad and camping on the side of the river and we're gonna see what happens there you go yeah, let we'll, me know we'll be, we'll be sure to uh we'll be sure to be updating people by the minute on that one so <laughs> for sure all man. right well y'all keep me posted let's be in touch all right yeah, buddy. Doug, appreciate you thanks doug doug Ma- doug McKelvey with uh mount fly anglers thanks for being on the podcast Well, Joshua, what an awesome interview with Doug. I uh, thought that was really cool, being able to hear some of his story, um, being able to hear about how he takes his kids fishing, uh, gave us some good insight there, and uh, kind of exciting, too, about now our trip to the French Broad, hopefully this summer. Um, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about doing that, and so that was that was pretty entertaining. I can't wait to uh, get on that water now. Oh, I've been ready to get on that water. I think what was cool about the episode is um, he's, he's kind of – just a, a really he's got music got fishing uh he's he's kind of been some other places uh north alabama he talked about that a good bit and uh you know i, I thought it was a i think the more we we do this the more people we meet and that's what i love about our podcast giving us a chance to meet people flying fly fishermen and fly anglers they all have different stories and, and they're cool stories and and uh, to me that's what's kind of cool about it yeah i agree um yeah, we haven't talked to a guy yet that's been, you know, super similar. Like, some of them grew up in it, some of them didn't, some of them, um, it's like the main thing they do, it's all they do. Some of them have such many other things they do, and yeah, yeah which it's is, just neat. Which is a cool way to look at it. I mean, just all the different things that they, how they're so different. Um, I thought it was cool that he was, you know, a guide for a little while, then a musician, then kind of now he's full-time, and he's able to open up his own guide service, and right there in... Right here in you know Western North Carolina, and that's another great thing for people. You know, there's there's God services all over this place that can do good things. Um, and we and we've now got multiple ones we can recommend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What What do you think about the? You know, I love the dad tip. Make sure I take Cheez Its and uh, <laughs> yeah. M and M's. That was a good one. Well, yeah, and I'm hoping that that is a goal of mine this year in the summertime when it warms up is to get the kids on the water a little bit more, and so. uh I'm excited about that, and, and he said something in the in the interview. I think that um, you know, when he took his little girl out that day, it, it wasn't about you know catching fish or doing anything like that, which we've talked about a lot before. But um, it's about doing something. Like I remember doing stuff with my dad as a kid that my dad really liked, and it was cool that he wanted me to be a part of it with him. Yeah, so, he he also made a good point that. that there were some men in his life or some that got him started fishing, and that was cool that his his favorite fish was like the one that he caught when he was five. The frame to remember that I I can't remember a fish I caught probably ever when I was five. Uh, I thought that was cool, and I the the other thing I think that is just really awesome is he talked about our local water. He was all about our local water. Um, he tries to stay local in the area, which is is really fun. And uh, you know, I look forward to hanging out with Doug, man. We're gonna get some guitars together sometime and jam, and you can tie some flies while me and him serenade you with some music or something. <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a good night. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't complain about that. So, oh, looking at 
that's part three. Yeah, that, part three of the God series. We're hoping for part four next week. I think we're going to have hopefully part four and five will, will be where we end this first sort of God series, and that'll put us about so that'll put us about in March, and then we're going to be doing some episodes on prepping. Yeah, because uh, we've got a big. Do we want to tease this out right now? We got a big trip planned. Yeah, we got a end of March. It, it's a short trip, but it's a big trip it's for, big us. for us. Yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna prep that out. We'll uh, we'll try to let the folks hear about it. And while we're on that trip, we're gonna be uh, recording a bunch of podcast episodes. So that's gonna be fun, and we'll come back with a lot of content from that trip, and hopefully some cool pictures and other stuff. So yeah, um, hit us up for some merch and some other stuff, stickers and episode ideas and all that good stuff and you guys uh just it's getting warm get out there and fish yeah i'm loving this weather and uh can't wait to get out hopefully this weekend and um yeah make sure if you don't yet follow us on all our socials facebook instagram shoot us an email at dads on the fly at gmail.com we would love to hear from you you got it my man all right this has been episode 25 of dads on the fly and until next 26 time, no, this is 25. 26 is coming up. It was this 26? This was this 26. Was 26. <laughs> Man, 26. This guy's got to do a better job of keeping up. Episode 26. So until next time, tight lines. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dads on the Fly. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through the fishing and parenting life on the fly. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dads on the Fly and shoot us a message as we always love to hear from you. If you are interested in Needy Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. Send us a message and we'd be happy to supply you with stickers or t-shirts. If you found this podcast helpful or entertaining, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, tight lines.